90% of all scientists that have ever been alive are alive today. That's a lot of information, but don't panic. It's not an exact science. Hey, Shannon, how are you? Oh, pretty good, John. Just uh, it's been a busy week going to meetings and such across campus. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you know, doing a little bit of helping out with people's labs and going to use instruments and talking with folks. Uh, been doing a lot of walking around, so I'm <laughs> I'm glad it's getting a little cooler. Uh, we can't say the same thing here. Um, it's funny because the you know mid semester malaise hasn't set in, so all the parking lots are full. So yes, I've had to walk several blocks to my car, or from my car to the office <laughs> every day, and I'm not happy about it. And it definitely <laughs> makes me think about all the crap that I'm carrying in my bag. Yeah, because you realize that you're carrying, you know, 30 pounds of stuff around and that you can probably kind of combine and have a little bit more efficient everyday carry, right? I mean, I need all my notebooks. But yeah, besides that, yes. <laughs> That's definitely going through my head walking those five blocks to the office. Um, and so that brings about us revisiting everyday carry essentials. Yeah, and we did this more from a like a tech perspective and then a note-taking perspective, but I thought it would be kind of fun to just dump out our bags <laughs> and go through what's in there. I don't think anyone's ready to look at that. <laughs> <laughs> improve, uh, you know, improve what we carry. And there are entire websites devoted to everyday carry where you can just see what people carry with them every day. And some people take this to a whole new level of OCD. <laughs> um, I kind of thought you were taking it to a whole new level by suggesting this show topic. But no, once I further looked into it, yeah, there's some interesting stuff cataloging it. It's weird to like look in people's personal bags, but it also makes you think, you know, do I really need to carry 15 mechanical pencils like I got out of my bag today? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, everybody's got, you know, the regular stuff in their bag. You've got some notebooks and pencils and pens. And, you know, for me, all of the tech. So I've got <laughs> my MacBook Air, my iPad. On me, I have an iPhone and an Apple Watch. Um, but okay, Steve. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I don't actually carry the charger from my laptop because. It will last me the entire workday, and I have a desktop that I do most of my things on when I'm at my desk. Uh, so I actually just left the charger at home. Started doing that about a year ago and haven't looked back. Oh, that's so terrifying for me. Um, I leave my charger at the office and frequently bring my laptop home without it because I rarely do, you know, four hours of work once I get home. So I have the exact opposite um, but it seems to be a lot better because those batteries are pretty heavy and unwieldy. So that's what I've been trying as well, except in the opposite direction. Yeah, I mean, some of those, depending on the computer that you have, the Macs, the power brick is relatively small. The new MacBook, uh, just the regular MacBooks, you can charge off a portable USB battery. But, I mean, man, I remember when I used to have a, a Gila Packard laptop, that thing was like a textbook, the charger for it. I don't know whether to make fun of you because you had an HP or a Windows machine or what with all of that. But yes, you're absolutely right. They are getting better. But um, I carry around a large laptop because I like to have um, – I have a 10 key. 
and I can't give it up. So my laptop is really big too, and that's probably something I should think about. But we can get into that when we talk about our specific everyday carry essentials. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know what other general things do you have in your bag other than just you know some pencils and pens. 13 or however many you said you had <laughs> it was ridiculous i don't know i think they got in there and started mating and like procreating because i didn't even know i had that many <laughs> but um yeah so besides that i do have a lot of notebooks which will come as no surprise um so i've got a stash of notebooks that are sort of task specific i've sort of tried to start making these are my notebooks that i take to talks these are my notebooks for meetings so the everyday notebooks that I keep with me are my paper planner, gasp, shocking, and also <laughs> um, my bullet journal. So we'll put a link in the show notes to the bullet journal website. You know, we probably have before, but my bullet journal is just sort of a journal that captures all the to-do lists, or I also keep a list of the classes that I'm teaching, and when I have random thoughts throughout the day or am talking to someone and they give me an idea for something to do in class, my bullet journal also encapsulates sort of that semester's classes. So I can just keep this running barf bag, if you will, of, you know, <laughs> ideas and things to do in one specific place. So those are the two things that I really constantly have on me. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about that idea of kind of a waste book or something just to brain dump in before. Yep. Uh, so we'll link to that show and link to the waste book book and the bullet journal mm -hmm. site for sure. Uh, so for all of this, I mean, I carry a lot of technology. You don't carry quite as much, but are you, are you burned with a lot of copper? Do you carry a lot of like charging cables and that kind of thing around? Uh, um, no, I haven't quite gotten the hang of what electronics I want to carry around because I mean, obviously I have my phone. But I have both an iPad and a Samsung Galaxy Tab S because I'm anti-Apple. And um, so I have both of those things that I carry around with me sometimes, sometimes not. I have a keyboard case for my iPad, so one of those Zag uh, keyboard things because I figure like I could take that to a meeting and it's easier to work than getting out my big laptop. Um, but I rarely carry the chargers and... To tell you the truth, I haven't quite got a good feel for when I need to carry those with me or not. Yeah, it's it's kind of difficult, and it changes a little bit for me based on what I'm doing right now, whether I'm spending a lot of time in the lab or a lot of time in the office. But generally, since I mess with a lot of hardware and have to interface to a lot of different devices, and I never know when something's going to break and I need to be able to talk to it, I carry a USB cable of every type in my bag. Wow. So whether it's whether it's micro, mini, A, B, C, any of the weird, you know, USB 3, USB 3 mini, any of that stuff, I have one of them in my bag. And I have a specific, uh, it's called a grid it. And I put a link in the show notes. But it's this just big board with elastic bands all over it that I use to keep them organized. That's amazing. <laughs> um, I will say, I do carry a, um, and <laughs> so embarrassing, a VGA to HDMI uh, cable with me because... I really need you to explain to me why we don't have wireless projectors. It's 2015. Why is this a problem? 
Uh, they exist, but like most wireless things right now, they're pretty awful. Oh, that's what I've heard. Um, so do you find that yeah. <laughs> with your board o charging cables, do people come up to you and ever ask to borrow them because they already know you have them? Occasionally. And uh, with all those cables, I didn't have this on the list, but yes, I do have the Mac to everything video adapters Ooh. on that board as well. So I... I can probably say pretty safely that half a dozen times in the last year, I've been somewhere at a a meeting or a talk or something, and people will say, does anybody have a blank cable? And the answer is always yes. (laughs) Where's that little nerdy guy with that board full of... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I even... uh, I even carry this cable. I just got it not too long ago, and I love it. It's from SparkFun Electronics, and it is a USB to DC breakout cable. So if I ever need 5 volts to troubleshoot some circuit and it's relatively low current, I plug this into my USB port, and it has alligator clips on the other end, and there's my 5 volts. Oh, my gosh. Oh. But your battery's not going to last all day if you do that. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> and then you're stuck without your charging cable. You need to rethink that one through, I think. Well, so far it hasn't um, happened. I haven't been uh, damaged by it. <laughs> That's excellent. I had no idea that that existed. That sounds like something I'd want to have for fun anyway, but, uh, you know. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so the the, convert, the little dongles, basically, that go back and forth for projectors because anyone that works on a university campus, you know, your room, something happens to it, you get stuck in a different room, that projector has HDMI, that one has VGMA, it's ridiculous i feel like and those things aren't too cheap you know no they can be a small fortune uh you should definitely write your name and grade your name with a dremel (laughs) something and if people borrow it make them sign with blood uh (laughs) they can be expensive especially the ones directly from apple which the knockoff ones don't always work that well right yeah i actually had to just swallow my pride and go to the apple store to buy my adapter for my using my ipad in class because yeah the other one's just it didn't perform as well so yeah i would highly recommend not spending your money on the cheap ones and just going all out on any of those adapters yeah well you know and so related to it right right near it on my grid it are two more things Uh, One is a slide clicker for doing talks, and the other is a bunch of USB batteries. So I don't know what you want to tackle first out of those. (laughs) Um, Slide clickers, yes. Uh, I still borrow the one from my department. It's embarrassing. Like, I need to just buy one. But um, there's so many, and every time I use a different one, I like that one better. And I haven't quite decided. What What is the shape and the kind that you use that you like the best? Right now, I have a key span. Uh, PRUS2, and I've got the link in the show notes. It's about $42. And, you know, I keep debating changing this yeah. because it has a red laser, and I hate red lasers. I really like the green laser pointers. But, <laughs> you know, I've got to the point now where I just hate laser pointers, and I don't use them. Uh mm. I I either put annotations on the slide that will come in to point to what I need, or I go up to the screen and interact with it. Yeah. Uh, But I've got to the point where I almost don't use laser pointers, so maybe I won't replace this. Uh, But the thing I love about this remote, I bought it in 2011, 
and it has never once not worked. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. And it's really small. And instead of having buttons to go forward and backward on the top of the remote like you're used to, it's got a little jog wheel on the side like some of the old smartphones used to have. Mm. And so I can hold this thing in my hand and completely imperceptibly to anybody in the audience move the slides forward and backward very easily. And it just blends in. Uh, I the only <laughs> The only complaint about this one, other than the laser, I guess, is it uses coin cell batteries. Oh, I can't even believe you'd be sane with that. <laughs> yeah, and not having something that I have rechargeable as of in my bag also mm-hmm. uh, of course is not not ideal, but the gridit has a little zipper pocket on the back, so I just buy a few extra coin cells uh, when I need to from Amazon and then throw them in the bag with it. And they last for a few years. So do you find that it does the little wheel? I mean, it's not super sensitive or anything. You don't find yourself jumping too far ahead? or No, that's what I like about it over the button. It's very easy. It has good tactile feedback as compared <laughs> to some of the cheap buttons. I, I don't have to look at the screen to know whether my slide advanced or not. Just by the feel of the wheel, you know what happened. So you can keep looking at your audience, keep talking, and not look back. Mm, and only half of them think you're a wizard. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally getting one of those just for that. Um, that is interesting. I don't use a laser pointer a lot either, actually. Um, the advanced feature mostly because I find myself, I walk around a lot. I'm pretty high energy, especially in terms of teaching. And so... I rarely use a laser pointer too, but I definitely interact with the screen more. So that's an interesting yeah, point. Well, and you see people with laser pointers all the time that, especially when you're at an angle to the screen or relatively far away, every little motion's amplified. Yeah. And all you see is a dot bouncing all over the entire slide <laughs> or somebody that circles every single thing they say. Uh, you know, they go up and they're like, okay, this is my title slide and here's my name yeah. and here's today's date. And it's just, oh, stop. Oh man, the circling. Like I, I, I've threatened to just puke in the middle of one of those talks just to get somebody <laughs> to stop with the circling with the laser pointer. I absolutely agree. Like I'm not a cat, but that's not attracting me. <laughs> <laughs> but we should do a whole talk show sometime, <laughs> but moving on everyday carry. So the next thing near it, I said USB batteries. This is for when I'm running around campus or I'm in the lab for a long period of time. And my iPad or my phone is low because I do not plug them in every night. I just plug them in when they're low. I like having these little battery packs that you can charge. I've got, you know, three or four different ones. I really like the Goal Zero Venture 30. It's about a hundred bucks, but it's waterproof. It has a really, really bright flashlight on it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, that's not it's not like any of the you know one or two led ones that are on some of the other battery packs that are out there Mm -hmm. it's actually really bright um and it lasts forever you can charge an ipad a couple times off of it Mm, that's impressive um you will be very proud of me because this summer i also bought one of these battery packs and it's got a solar panel to go with it Oh, is it is it Goal Zeros also? I know they do solar. It is, yes. Um, so uh-huh. I know. I thought I was very um, 
very tech savvy when I discussed this with the um, with the guy. Of course, at an REI is where I bought it. Um, <laughs> but so I got one of those little Go Zero things, and it does. It'll charge my um, it'll charge my iPad a couple of times. I mean, it takes a long time for to charge the charging stick when you're doing it with solar, but it's yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty awesome because all you do is you just throw it onto your bag when you're out hiking around and. Everywhere I hike, you know, in Colorado, it's pretty sunny. So um, it's super neat. I can't wait to use it uh, next year at Field Camp. Oh, yeah. Well, and if $100 is a little bit high or you don't want to carry something that's as big as some of these around, uh, there's a company called Jackery that makes a bunch of really great ones that aren't that expensive. I have a couple of theirs, too. Uh, They range from kind of deck of card size to they have one that's about the size of a tube of lip balm. That will charge your iPhone not quite once, but it's enough to get you out of a pinch. Oh, that's impressive. Um, Like AGU. I wondered how good those little ones worked. Um, And I looked this one up, and yeah, they're tiny. I couldn't believe that that would work that well. But uh, those are certainly really handy devices to have. I'm pretty excited about those becoming cheaper. I think my solar panel setup with the charger was, it was on sale, and it was only 65 which was like $40 off or something. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good deal. So well, what, what about you? What else did you find when you dumped out your bag? Um, well, I saw this was also on your list. Um, I probably don't use mine as much, but, you know, we've got a lab too, and stuff goes down, and there's always just screws that are loose, and I carry around a little Leatherman <laughs> Micro, and mine has scissors on it because I feel like I need those a lot too. Um, we have a lot of little... Um, sort of things that we use to hold our rocks that are like little plastic tubes. And so they always need cutting and trimming. And I use that Leatherman Micro every single day. Yeah. And I don't use a Leatherman normally. I have a couple different models, but for some reason, I never have really stuck carrying them in my bag. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do have a Swiss Army Tinker knife that I carry in my pocket every day. Uh MacGyver fans will know this was one of MacGyver's favorite Swiss Army knives, though he carried a few different models over the course of the show. Um, only, uh, <laughs> I would say only you know the model, but no, I'm sure there are tons of people that know the model of knife MacGyver had. <laughs> yeah, and it, this one doesn't have the corkscrew or the scissors. It's a really small, compact one, which is why I like it. Um, it's missing a glass punch, mm-hmm. which I don't really like. That may be one reason for me to change that eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but I do carry in my bag a larger folding knife, uh, not large enough to be, you know, considered a weapon. Probably, depending on your state. I know some states are really strict, uh, but it's a yeah, little over are. three inch blade length. It's a coast knife. Oh yeah. And I got this for free to review, and I'm not a huge fan of the knife, but you know, it does what I need it to do. It's a sharp knife. It's relatively big. The big thing for me is it has a really bright flashlight built in the handle. It's 110 lumen. Oh, wow. So how do you turn it on? Oh, there's a there's a button on the handle Okay. to turn the light on and off. And, and the reason that I like that is because, you know, unfortunately, we're in a country where there have been a lot of unprovoked attacks on innocent people recently. Mm-hmm. And one of the best things that you can do if you're unarmed yourself, is you have a really bright light like this and you're flashing and waving it to temporarily blind the person, you have a decent chance of getting by them. Uh, 
So that's one reason that I want to have a really bright light in my bag at all times is in case something goes down, you've got a chance to at least blind somebody to get away. That's a really interesting thought. I know they make a lot of flashlights now that sort of have um, like serrated edges along them too for the same reason. Um, I've often thought about getting one of those. That's an interesting point that I hadn't, I just was going to get one because they were good flashlights that were bright, but I didn't think about carrying one in my bag and walking around, you know, campuses, people are out all times of day and night. So it's probably not a bad idea. Yeah. And I mean, that's a little bit of a dark turn, but that's just a reality that you have to be prepared for these kind of things now. Oh, yep, exactly. So that's what, yeah. And I mean, that's what I carry uh, knife-wise. You know, you always have stuff that you need to open. And the Swiss Army knife has one or two little screwdrivers that help you out, kind of like your Leatherman. Right. So what else did you have? Um, Let's see. I guess that's about it besides my laptop, right? Um, I did quit carrying around my jot script. I just found that I don't use it very much. I don't know what you feel about that because I know we've talked about it a lot on here, but it was just taking up space and I dumped it. I don't carry it in my bag. I have it at work, but I have not found that when I'm out and about, I use it like to take meeting notes or something. That I'll type up so I can send, you know, while I'm sitting in the meeting. Right. Uh, so, no, I, I don't carry it around. I do still use it to take some notes out of books, though. Okay. I, I've, I've been trying to use it more at home just to justify its existence. Um, and I think that's when I kind of figure out, like, which tablet I like to carry around more, that that will come. Um, I guess there's one more thing that... I mentioned in my notes, and I actually use this today, and increasingly, I'm carrying around my hand lens more and more, because I have a lot of students asking me what, just randomly, can you tell me what this rock is? And so I have this hand lens that has both UV and a little LED light on it as well. It's it's kind of big. It's actually kind of annoying to take in the field, because it's heavy. It's too heavy to <laughs> yeah, hang around your neck. Um, but I used it today. Somebody gave me a little piece of obsidian. And it wasn't shiny, and so they weren't sure what it was. And it was like one of these little Apache tier uh, pieces of obsidian. And I whipped out my hand lens and felt like a real geologist. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I've never have thought of carrying a hand lens, but I think that could be uh, pretty useful. Uh, yeah, I was, re- I was really surprised at how much it, it got thrown in my bag one day. And then I was surprised at how much I actually used it. I mean, you know, I do PMAG. We don't do a lot of handling stuff out in the field so (laughs) but uh it's coming quite a bit of handy so i just went ahead and left it in there and it seems to be worth the worth the trouble of carrying it around well let's see looking at what i've got left that i haven't put back in the bag i would say i've got two things that are in there pretty much every day uh the first one is pretty simple it's a pair of wireless headphones because i like listening to podcasts and when i'm walking places i want to be able to listen to them because i have more than i could ever listen to (laughs) feasibly (laughs) yeah even on double speed which sounds awful but yeah uh so these these wireless headphones i got i got them on sale amazon unfortunately does not have them in stock right now i think i got them for around twenty dollars uh, they're just little Bluetooth wireless headphones that you charge them and they last about four or five hours, which if I charge them every couple of days, they get me through bus rides and walks. Uh, that's nice, too, because then you don't have anyone, you know, looking obnoxiously at you 
since you've got all these wires everywhere and are obviously not paying attention. Maybe they just don't know you're not paying attention now. Yeah, and these are really noise-canceling to the point that Ooh. if I'm walking you know, near an active road or something like that, I would probably not wear them in both ears. Uh, on the bus, it doesn't matter, sitting at my desk or something like that. But if I were walking somewhere where I had to be worried about traffic, I would probably consider taking one of them out of one of my ears. Uh, overall, though, I really like them, and with the Apple Watch, it's nice to not have to be tethered to the phone because I can start and stop podcasts and all that from the watch. Oh, that's a good call. And you said they were only $20. That's impressive. Yeah, if you catch them on sale, and right now they're out because the sale happened ah. <laughs> not too long ago, and they're they're all gone. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> uh. The, the other thing that I carry goes back to some of my hardware development uh, things is I actually always carry around either something like an Arduino or a bus pirate uh, to be able to talk to sensors or hook into systems and play with them, talk to them. Uh, right, right now I'm actually carrying a different version of the Arduino board called the Wildfire uh, made by Wicked Device. Really cool folks. Uh, hi, Vic, if you're listening. <laughs> he designed, designed this board. And it's really, it's an Arduino that's got Wi-Fi on it and SD card uh, slot and all that. So I can hook this into some system and log the serial data or sniff some kind of communication bus in a piece of lab equipment if it's not working right. And it's tiny. It's nice to have in my bag. Hook it up to USB and get to work. I had to look up, obviously, <laughs> uh, this snazzy little wildfire <laughs> because, you know, I you've talked about Arduinos before and I was like, oh, I'll check this out. And it's really, we're going to have to do a whole show on this because I don't understand exactly what you would use this for like why would you need to carry this little circuit board around uh, for me it's generally because i'm playing with we have a lot of custom lab equipment uh, that was purpose designed or things that i've designed or i want to try out a new sensor uh, so instead of building up some complicated national instrument stack around it or something like that mm -hmm. i'll just sling together you know, a hundred lines of objective, or not objective C, sorry, C++ on this. Okay. And hook it up to the computer and be able to talk to the sensor and collect some data or troubleshoot what's going on in a system. Well, that's one way to make yourself indispensable in the lab is because I doubt many other people are carrying this around in their everyday carry bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's always fun to be able to go in. For example, with your uh, PMAG setup, if I remember right, that goes over serial to the computer. Correct. Uh, from your equipment, yeah. So you could hook this up and start sniffing on that bus and figure out the protocol and figure out if packets are getting dropped or where things are happening. Mm. Uh, you could hook it up to different buses inside the equipment, like integrated circuit to integrated circuit or inter-integrated circuit, I squared C. Uh, all of these different things you can actually sit in and listen on and control and talk to. Uh, I mean, you, I can even use this to control some of the pumps in our lab if I need to. If I want to try a new kind of experiment that needs some weird pressure profile, I can use this to control the oh, pump, no problem. Oh, that's awesome. So that's pretty handy to have then. And he looks pretty small, so he's probably not taking up a lot of a lot of space. Oh, yeah, it's a tiny board. Uh, Arduinos, this has the same form factor as an Arduino Uno, so you're talking like three by two inches, something around there. Hmm. Well, that is interesting. That's kind of given me some. But it's super nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even think I needed to point that out, actually. <laughs> um, but so, sort of, lastly, 
and this is something that I'm always interested in hearing too. What are you carrying all this stuff around in? What kind of bag do you have that you think uh, <laughs> works works out the best? Well, so many years ago now, I had backpacks, and I have stopped using backpacks for probably the last seven years at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used a solid leather briefcase for a while. Uh, it was soft-sided, but it was full-on leather, and I really loved carrying that thing. Did have to worry, you know, if it was pouring rain. I try to be a little bit careful, obviously. Right. Uh, and I also started carrying a lot of stuff as grad school went on, <laughs> and I didn't want to didn't want to destroy it. So I bought a Timbuktu bag before I went on an overseas trip, and this thing has just take a licking and keeps on ticking, you know, as uh, they say. Yeah, they're really impressive bags. Um, they're really expensive, but I feel like they're worth every penny. Well, every year I've met AGU, we always joke that Timbuktu should be the official sponsor it's of so AGU. It's so true. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Like, either you're a cyclist or you're some kind of, yeah, higher education person, I feel like. That's absolutely mm-hmm. true. Um, but, I mean, they've got, you know, padded sleeves for your laptop. Um, and I have, like, I actually have a small Timbuktu bag that's just basically a padded sleeve with handles and maybe a spot for some files uh, that I take to conferences. And, man, it's just the best bag. It wears so well and both on you and it does not wear out either. Yeah, and... I've got a little bit heftier one, not nearly their biggest, though. Uh, I'm pretty happy with it. I do have a little bit of tearing in the laptop compartment, mm. but I need to see. I'm guessing that they'll repair that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I'm really happy with it. The thing that's nice about it is the one I have anyway is lined with kind of a rubber lining, mm-hmm. even though it's fabric on the outside. Yep. So if I do get caught in a downpour walking home, everything's fine inside. Uh, yes, that's a good point, too. Um, I actually have a my everyday bag is a... Um, patagonia messenger bag and it's got the same thing that it, it's it sheds water i think if it got totally soaked it wouldn't work but it sheds water and it works really well at keeping everything dry on the inside just you know walking the couple of blocks from the car to the office or whatever so that's something i definitely look for and yeah i got rid of backpacks a long time ago too yeah it's just not worth the uh the back sweat and shoulder pain and mm-hmm. everything else that comes with the backpacks. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, that's for field seasons, and then this is for everything else. But um, it's always something I like to talk to people about. Um, I could shop bags all day long, as you probably already know. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, some of these messenger bags now even are TSA compliant, so you just flip the laptop sleeve out onto the conveyor belt, and you don't even have to take your laptop out. Uh, yeah, REI's house brand, so they have a lot of um, – messenger bags that do that and they're still like really well padded and they they work super well um i saw someone in the airport the last time i was and they just unzipped it right there and zoomed on through so i'll definitely be checking that out the next time i'm near an rei yes which (laughs) may be a while for you now there's no (laughs) oh no no field season for a while uh we are getting an rei in oklahoma city Wow. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're high class now. We're actually getting one in Oklahoma City and in Tulsa. Um, it's probably we're probably the last state to not have an REI. So 
we'll see how this goes. I think I think they're still about a year out from opening, but the excitement in the geology department is palpable. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, well, we don't have an REI here, obviously, but at our outdoor store downtown, if you say you're from the Department of Geoscience, you instantly get a small discount. <laughs> oh, that's the kind of service that I have come to expect. That's excellent. <laughs> um, we obviously have a really good local store, and they carry an awful lot of really good Timbuktu bags. So in the absence of REI, Backwoods is pretty good as well. Yeah. So uh, it's worth thinking about your everyday carry was kind of the point I wanted to make with this show, <laughs> that we all carry around a lot of stuff. And I know it may sound like that I carry a ludicrous amount of stuff in terms of <laughs> cables or Shannon carries a ludicrous amount of notebooks. But these are things that we fine-tuned and that when I take them out of my bag, I run into situations where I say, oh, that has to go back in. Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime I try to dump something, yeah, I give it about a week. And if I've looked for it more than once, it goes back in the bag for sure. And hey, you you build uh, good shoulder muscles too. (laughs) That's right. With this 17-inch laptop I carry every day. (laughs) But that's okay. So all this stuff is to be productive, and I'm not sure if that was your inspiration for the fun paper that you found <laughs> or or what. Uh, oh, the fun paper. I love this. Um, it was actually, I found it while I was drinking a beer and surfing science papers, which was appropriate. So the title of the paper is A Possible Role of Social Activity to Explain Differences in Publication Output Among Ecologists. And it's by Tomas Grimm, and um, he's from the Czech Republic, and it was first um, published in Oikos in 2008, and it's exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) Yes, and he says, well, I predict that there will be a negative effect of alcohol consumption on cognitive performance, or, well, knowing that, he predicts that, you know, your academic output will be lower if your beer consumption is higher. Which seems to go against geology. I know. In general. <laughs> I know. So there is this negative effect for ecologists, but that was my first thought as well, as I was drinking my beer, reading this paper, was surely this isn't true for geologists. I mean, um, it's great though, because he specifically talks about beer consumption, because he said that beer is the most consumed alcoholic beverage in Europe. And he's in the Czech Republic, and he said the Czech Republic itself actually has the highest per capita beer consumption rate in the world, which yeah, and that I surprised never really me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so basically, increasing beer consumption, lower numbers of papers, lower total citations, lower citations per paper, and I will say some of the. Uh, there's a lot of statistics in here, but it's hard to interpret because you're t- talking about statistics based on a very narrow field in the Czech Republic only. So you're looking at tens of people as you're in. Right, exactly. Um, and he did, I mean, he with the data he had, he does an excellent, you know, it's an excellent statistical analysis because he, he um, takes into effect, you know, age of the scientist and all these other factors when he's comparing their publication record with their you know self-reported amount that they drink per week 
and yeah, and I it was interesting that he said beer consumption appears in these surveys because he surveyed the people in uh, two thousand two, and then a few years later that it appeared to increase with as you got older. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I thought that was interesting. I thought that was an interesting. Um observation as well i think i would have thought of it the other way but you know yeah i mean i i would almost think there's a peak of very early in your career there's or <laughs> well maybe early in your education there's a lot of alcohol consumption and it would go down as you were early career and having to really crank out uh, the publications and then later career as you become more pessimistic it goes back up <laughs> That's true. <laughs> nope, it's just a linear uh, increase as you become more pessimistic, obviously. It, it, <laughs> at least it's linear. Uh, that's true. That's true. Um, I thought this was really cool to look at these correlations. You know, he says these results are of general interest, obviously not just to ecologists, but also to scientists in other fields. And talking about, you know, how you socialize and is that actually helping you be productive, which we always say is the number of publications, you know, that you send out. And I would have thought, you know, if you had more beer and you got relaxed and maybe you'd be a little bit better with writing. Maybe that's just me personally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's interesting because he even says that, well, science is a cooperative enterprise, which is true. And that alcohol significantly decreases how cooperative you are and has a citation for that. But, you know, it seems to me, especially at meetings like AGU, that that's the common thing is you go have a beer with somebody and out of that is a proposal born. Exactly. That's, that's I wonder if this is different between ecologists or if, you know, you get a proposal but nothing happens after that. I, I don't know. I just thought it was a very interesting <laughs> paper that someone actually you know took the time to get the data for this and that there is appears to be some correlation so i guess before you sit down for that next bottle think about how much you want to get done on your writing (laughs) yeah you know or maybe undertake this survey for geologists uh he said that he actually had 89 percent response to the survey that he sent out, which is incredible. Yes, um, and I would love to prove this wrong for geologists. So, and I think most geologists probably would want to prove it wrong too. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, if you have uh, your self-reported alcohol consumption <laughs> and paper counts, or your own fun paper that you would like us to discuss, feel free to send that to us along with any comments about the show. We love hearing from you. And Shannon, how can they get a hold of us? Well, they can email us, show at don'tpanicgeocast.com. They can leave an audio or other comment on the web at www.don'tpanicgeocast.com. And as always, we're on Twitter at don'tpanicgeo. John is at geo underscore Lehman, and I am at Shannon Doolin. Right. Don't be afraid to go on iTunes and give us a review. It helps other people that uh, might like the show find it by saying, this show's good, or eh, you might want to stay away from this one. (laughs) Uh, We really appreciate those because they help us out a lot. So until next time, remember, don't panic. It's not an exact science. 
Any opinions, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed are solely ours and do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers or funding agencies.